Hey guys, we are back with our third installment with Stephanie. And, uh, as promised, this was, uh, this is going to be the one that's, that's probably going to have the biggest shockers in it. And, uh, we're going to do a fourth episode. Uh, I don't necessarily know that it'd be next week, but it'll be coming very soon, but this is going to put a, a bow on the original three episode series that we were doing. So Stephanie, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks again for having me. So we promised that we're going to get into some matrix stuff. We're going to get into some um, messages that you've received, your clarification uh, on what these messages are. And I'm just going to jump right into it and I'm going to let you just start wherever you want to start and take it away. All right. Well, thanks. Um, so it's for me, it honestly started um, during the pandemic. Uh, I, I know I've mentioned before that I like to socially drink. And when I say socially drink, I mean like drink. Um, I'm not a one and done kind of chick. And um, so I was socializing a lot and I was also a bartender. And, you know, so I would, I would drink, you know, on the weekends, that sort of thing. Um, but when the pandemic happened, I stopped drinking because I wasn't socializing and it just became a, you know, an occurrence for me to realize, wow, I feel so much better without drinking. And I, you know, it wasn't like I was, I'm not saying that I was an alcoholic or anything like that, but it was one of those things where I never drank at my house. So I'm now I'm stopped drinking and all of a sudden all these things around me are changing. I can feel energies and things that when I would drink, it would, you know, drinking lowers your frequency, alcohol and drugs lower your frequency. And really this, what all of this is about us and everyone out there, we put out frequencies. That's why there's this law of attraction. So I stopped drinking and all of a sudden my hands are throbbing. Like I noticed a couple months, into the pandemic, maybe even six weeks, my hands were pulsating and throbbing. And I was like, man, my blood must be pumping hard. And then they just kept throbbing and pulsating, but it didn't, it wasn't like it, it felt bad. It just felt foreign. And I was watching TikTok one day, you know, as you do uh, in the pandemic when there's nothing going on and you're stuck in the house, I'm watching through TikTok, I'm on TikTok and I see this woman talking about energy coming from her hands, like Reiki hands, healing hands. And I'm looking at my hands, you know, and listening to this. And I'm like, is this what this is? Am I experiencing energy in my hands? And I always go back to the time for, for years and years. My mom always said, um, oh, my God, girl, you've got healing hands. She's like, you've just got a healing touch. She always kind of said those things. And I just thought that was just her ploy to get me to rub her back. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay, mom, you just want me to give you another back rub. But she literally would say, I can't believe it. You know, you're just, every time you rub my back, it's just something about it. it I feel like I'm healed. Never, and, and I, once again, just thought my mom was trying to bribe me to get her, getting to rub her back more. So with this TikTok, I start thinking to myself, can my hands produce the energy that people talk about? So one night I'm laying in bed and I have a terrible stomach ache. Horrible. I am lactose intolerant. But does that stop me from eating dairy? No, it does not. I still continue to eat dairy and I just choose to do it wisely. So, you know, I know if I'm going to eat ice cream, I'm not going anywhere the next day. Um, if I'm going, I choose not to drink milk because they have tons of milk substitutes, but I eat dairy. That's the point of the story. And so, yes, 
um, after I eat the dairy comes the terrible stomach pains. So one night I am just doubled over thinking I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. And then I remembered the girl talking about how she heals herself or heals other people. And what she would do is she would close her eyes and give the pain a color. And then she would imagine breathing in golden light and then exhaling through her mouth and her breath would have the color of the pain while she would place her hands in the area that was giving her an issue. So I thought this is a long shot, but I'm in so much pain that I need this to go away. So I put my hands on my stomach. I give it a color. I am concentrating. My eyes are closed. And at this point, I've never meditated before in my life. Um, so I just tried to relax and kind of tune out the background noise and things around me. And I imagined my hands putting out a warm gold light. And then I imagined that my stomach pain was black. So I did that. And within less than 10 minutes, it was probably not even eight or five minutes. My stomach pain went away. And this is, I am 38 years old and I have had problems with my stomach my entire life. So there is no way that when I've had these pains, they go away in you know five to eight minutes. It's never happened before. So I kind of thought, wow, did I just use my hands to heal my body and use the power of my mind to heal my body? You know, because the mind is the most powerful thing and tool that we have, and we're not really utilizing it like we should. So I was like, wow, I healed my stomach. And, and I woke up the next day and I was just like, my stomach pain is still gone. I was, I was floored. So then a couple months went by and I had a migraine and I had to go to work and I could barely even open my eyes. My, my head hurt so bad. And I was like, Oh, remember what you did with your stomach, do that to your head. I did that. And less than 10 minutes later, my migraine went away. I didn't take any Tylenol, Advil, anything. And I thought, Holy part. I mean, I've cursed a lot on here, but I was like, Holy shit. There's something amazing happening. I'm literally healing my pain with my hands, the energy in my hands and my mind. I thought, I can't believe this. This is, this is groundbreaker it, or ground. What is it? Groundbreaking. This is a game changer for me. And since then I have done some crazy things that I'll talk about here with that, but that was just the start. So I realized, okay, now I have energy flowing from my hands. How do I tap into this or how do I work on this? And leading up to this, everything kind of started putting into place to me. Like if I've got energy flowing from my hands, a lot of things start making sense. Um, I, I affect leading up to this, I have affected the energy around me. So what I mean by that is I've had, okay, so I've had lights go out when I've been near them. Like I've gone up to a stoplight, been the only car on the road underneath a, um, a street light. And all of a sudden the street light that I'm under goes out. And then I was like, oh, they're turning them out. But you know, why would they turn that one out? And I look around and all of them are on. I'd go a couple miles up and I'd get stopped to get into stoplight and I'd be there. And the street light that I'm under goes out and every single one around them has not been affected. I'm thinking, oh, that's weird. Then I'm like, I'm not even going to think about that. That's really strange. What is the odds that two streetlights that I'm directly under at a light go out, but no big deal. And then I, I'm, you know, a week later, I'd be getting gas at a gas station and the light that I am under starts to flicker and like pulsate. And then it goes out and I'm looking and all the other lights around me are perfect. I'm like looking up like, 
holy shit, why are the lights around me going out? I'm having electronics malfunction around me. Um, I went to visit my parents and I walked in, I have a key, so I just let myself in and I go. And the first thing I start hearing when I go to the kitchen is this chirping. It's their, um, their, um, uh, smoke detector. And they come out and they're like, Hey, how's it going? I was like, I don't understand how you guys can't hear that chirping. I go, that's just so annoying. And they said, Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? They said, that thing has been laying there for three days, not making a sound. It doesn't have a battery in it. I said, that's not true because listen to it. It's chirping like crazy. She goes, Stephanie, it has been there for three days without a battery and it hasn't made one sound. But I walked in and immediately started chirping. Um, I kept messing up my brother's brand new fridge and he was getting so mad at me thinking, do you know how to get water from a fridge? And I was being defensive of, uh, defensive, of course I am. He goes, then why is it every time you go to get water from my fridge, we're having to unplug it to like restart it or reboot it. And um, he's like, seriously, what are you doing to my fridge? And it just didn't happen one time or two times. We're talking like 10 times within a short period of time. And we were getting in arguments about it. I was being defensive. Like, I don't understand why you think I'm doing something to your fridge. I was like, you bought a shitty fridge. And, you know, he's still thinking like, I want to watch you get water. What are you doing that you're messing it up? Because you're getting water wrong. There's no way to get water wrong from a fridge. So I kind of started piecing all these things together from years of kind of piling up. Um, I do DoorDash now. Um, after the pandemic was over, I couldn't go back to being in rooms of people anymore. I felt things differently. And because I wasn't drinking and my frequency was higher. I just, I couldn't be, and it wasn't for fear of COVID. It was, I was seriously experiencing energy on a whole other level. And I just thought, I, I, I don't want to deal with people anymore. So I started doing DoorDash. And once again, I noticed that I would walk up to people's front doorstep and I would go to put the order in and their lights by the door would start flickering. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. They probably have those motion, motion activated lights or something like that. And then I said, you know, I'm going to walk away from this and I'm going to back my car up. So I'm in front of their house and I'm going to look at the lights. And sure enough, the lights that were pulsating or flickering are completely normal now that I'm not near it. So I really said, okay, something is wrong with my energy field. Um, and I realized it was because now my energy and frequency um, operated at a much higher level. I needed to find an outlet or a way to control it and to kind of utilize it and har like basically harness my own energy. Right now I'm leaking energy all over the place and causing shit to malfunction. Um, good story on that though. So I'm definitely afraid of spiders, definitely. Like they're not gonna kill me, but in my mind, uh, I, what I see when I about die. I hate spiders so much that it, it is, the fear is paralyzing. And all growing up and leading up to all of this, Everywhere I went, spiders would be in my room, would be in my bathroom, would follow me. One day I was um, sitting at my parents' house and they have really high vaulted ceilings and I saw a big spider way up high that nobody could get. And I got up to go to the opposite side of the room because I have a fear that this thing's gonna drop like 30 feet onto me. And I got up and went to the other side of the room, the spider changed course and started following me. And I was like, that's not possible. So I got up and went back to my original spot and it would stop, turn direction and follow me again. And I brought my mom out to see as I go watch the spider's going to follow me. 
And we had an inside joke. Well, the spiders know that you hate them, so they love to torment you. But later on, actually just recently, I was listening to something and they said spiders can sense electromagnetic fields. They're attracted to high frequencies. And I was like, that is why spiders, everywhere I go, they're always coming to where I am. Nobody I've ever been around and nobody's else have never found a spider in their room. It's always me. And it was like, wow. Okay. So then it started clicking. Yes, I definitely am putting out a high electromagnetic field. And now I need to learn to kind of control this. So when all of this is happening, I'm also seeing angel numbers, but if we're talking like a couple a day, you know, enough to where I'm like, oh, look, it's my lucky numbers. I didn't think they were angel numbers. I just thought they were a sign of good luck. So I started seeing a few angel numbers every day consistently. And then it grew a little bit. Now I see, I mean, right now it's after three o'clock, it's 3.30. And I can tell you right now that I've seen close to 30 to 40 just right now. Now, when I leave to go back to work tonight, I will see another 10 to 15 more. I am hit in the face all day long with angel numbers. That was also something that led me to believe is something trying to get my attention, you know, and then we're going to talk about who is getting my attention. So I'm seeing these angel numbers. I'm putting out an electromagnetic field that's messing up the electronics around me. I know I need to control it. And I'm I've always loved uh, Nikola Tesla and his ideas and the things that he has said and accomplished and just, he's brilliant. And I remember hearing, or I'm sorry, not hearing because, you know, he's not alive anymore. I, I remember somebody reading a quote that said, everything is, once you understand that everything is energy, frequency, and vibrations, you hold the key to the universe. So I started doing a little bit more research on my own and I said, okay. If everything is energy, frequency, and vibrations, I need to, I need to elevate myself and I need to control it. So that's when I said, okay, well, I'm going to start meditating. So I would put on frequencies. And at this time, you know, I know we've talked, said about the Illuminati and things like that, but when you understand that the frequency that is being put out in the music that we listen to on TV, through the radio, just everything. It is at a frequency that will disrupt our cells. They can prove it with water and the experience has been done. The frequency, there's a sacred geometry map that shows which frequencies are, um, and I can actually send it to you, but it's what frequencies you should be looking at to attract things that you want or what they do. One is like to repair DNA. One is, so it's more healing. And when you're sick, it's all kinds of things. So I started listening to frequencies and I would listen to something and my body would respond. I could feel things move like on my body or in my body that I've never felt before. So I went with it. I would be outside grounding, which means basically being barefoot outside, connecting to the earth's magnetic field, almost like recharging yourself. And it's funny because all growing up too, I remember saying to people, don't you feel the earth vibrating? And everybody would be like, no, we don't. And I would be like, no stand still. Can't you feel this vibrating? And you know, my mom would be like, no, Stephanie, I can't. I go, you're not trying. So I realized that the grounding method and technique of being barefoot connected or it, it regenerates and recharges you. And when I do some of my healing and that I I'll talk about afterwards, I have to go and be barefoot and like clear the energy. Have you ever seen, I know you've seen the movie, the green mile where Michael Clark Duncan, he touches people. He takes 
whatever is wrong with them, heals them. And then he expels it with those flies and stuff like that. Right. That's what somebody, once I, I started doing the healing thing, untrained, people have been telling me, you remind me of the green mile because I wasn't doing it, clearing myself afterwards and I would be affected. I would be a little bit sick or have some after effects and, you know, flies don't come out of my mouth and they definitely don't shoot from my ass. So it's one of those things where I was like, all right, well then how do you clear this energy? And this woman that I got in contact with showed me and told me, and it was what I was doing, the grounding, the meditating, just focus on imagining and you say a little chant or mantra of, I clear my body of all negative energy or something that doesn't belong to me. And you kind of do that. So it's a way to clear your energy. So I am listening to high frequencies. Um, I started off with lower frequencies and then my body stopped reacting to them. So I kept getting higher and higher. And now I'll listen to frequencies in the thousands and it just feels so good. And my hands will pulsate to the sound of the frequency. And so my energy, I can feel it flowing based off of what I'm hearing. And then that's how I was able to start seeing my aura because I'm looking at my hands going, wow, look at like, I can feel them pulsate looking at them. And all of a sudden I said, holy shit, what is that around my hands? And then that's how I was even able to see my, my own aura. And that was a whole nother um, trippy episode. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. So I now have my frequency raised. I am meditating and grounding every single day. My, and that's when the angel numbers actually started increasing right there. And then I started having lucky things happen to me, like things that I know happen to other people that I'm like, Oh, I wish that would happen to me. You lucky son of a bitch, you know, type of situation. And good things started happening. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is happening? And that's based off the law of attraction. You vibrate high and you attract things in high vibration. So things that are negative and are low, when you vibrate there, that's what you bring to your life. So it's one of those things where you're just like, wow, all right, there's something to this. And I'm going to, you know, I'll, I dug a little bit deeper and I started doing things and changing the way I word things and being more positive. Anytime I'm negative, I take that negativity because I really did. Um, especially being on the road, door dashing, I cannot stand idiot drivers. And you know, some people might think I'm an idiot driver. That is fine to each their own, but I'm what you call a person that has extreme road rage, but I don't, um, project it to that person. I don't flick people off, but I have road rage. So I started noticing that the more I meditated, the less things bothered me. And when I was about to start popping off internally, I would pull myself back. So all now, all of a sudden, all these glorious, amazing things are happening to me. And this is when I saw the first glitch in the matrix, like the first glitch that was so obvious that I started laughing and I was like, all right, uh, okay, this just happened. Wow. All right. And it made me um, change my attitude for the day. So when I told you all these things were happening to get my attention. One of the things I realized is I've always dabbled with the idea that this is a matrix and simulation, uh, a fractal holographic uh, simulation. Stephen Hawking, before he died, he said that this is a simulation. Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's a brilliant um, scientist said that to think that we are the first, for instance, he said, this is a simulation, just like we created the Sims, right? He said, what'll happen is the Sims will somehow evolve, become smarter, create their own simulation or artificial intelligence in the sim world, 
And then they've just created another universe. And he said something along the lines of, if you think that we're the original creators, no, I'm sorry to break it to you. We are probably not. So all of these scientists have talked about it. And I have thought for a very long time that what we see is not what we think it is. But that was also about the things that we're being told and lied to from the day we're born, right? Things that you and I have discussed before off air that you have no, I like, and so that's what I was thinking that I was noticing and waking up from, but then I started realizing, oh my God, this really is a matrix. So the sky is even different. When I tell you the sky is different, when I started meditating, waking up, I would go outside and be like, that sky is not fucking real. And I would say to people around me, do you see that sky? Do you ever remember a sky looking like that? And everybody's like, I don't know. Maybe it looks different. I, I, I don't think so. I don't know. And I feel like from what I've noticed around people around me, I am seeing something that they're not. And people have said it's me ascending to 5D. There's always that talk ascension and going to the next round 5D. People think that it's a different earth. It's a new earth. It's the same shit on this planet. It's not shit. It's amazing. It's the same space occupying, but I see things differently now. The, the sky is not the sky that I have known my entire life. I have goosebumps just saying it. The things around me are completely different. And I'm like, this never used to look like that. So now I'm getting tripped up. But this is the first glitch in the matrix where it was obvious. I was door dashing. The cicadas were out. I'm afraid of insects and I'm getting bombarded with cicadas, but I'm like, I have to work. So I remember being in a bad mood. I pull up to one of the restaurants and they have DoorDash parking up front or to go orders up front. And there's this car, um, black Jeep Cherokee rusted in some spots. I could re recall it perfect detail. And it was parked to where its left front tire was on the line. And it's back left tire was over the line. And I thought to myself, you, I, I'll be honest, in my head, I was looking at this car thinking, you asshole, like your parking has affected two spaces now. And I was like, now I have to park over here by next to the tree where the cicadas are. So I am walking into this restaurant, death staring this car. And if you only knew the hateful things I was saying, and I'm looking inside this car, there's nobody in it. But when I, Talk about giving a car a dirty look. I was giving it the dirtiest look you've ever seen in your life and saying really bad things about it. I walked into the restaurant and they answered like, oh, are you DoorDash? I said, yes. They go, what's the name? I said, Ashley. They go, here you go. And I walked out. That's how fast it happened. When I walked back out that front door, that car was now perfectly in the lines. It went from left front tire on the line, left front tire over the line. Now the car is in perfect line and I stop and I and I just start laughing because I'm like this did not just happen and then I realized and I was like oh man somebody up there heard me just go on a like a tire like a tirade or whatever you say um what's that word like a I don't know I went on a rant I went on my own rant inside my head and when I came out less than 45 seconds later I mean it happened that fast are you DoorDash yes what's the name Ashley. Oh, I have it right here. Here you go. And I grabbed it and was right out the front door. Nobody came, nobody left, nothing. And this car is moved. And so I was like, holy shit. And so I was like, thank you universe. I'm really sorry. I'll change my attitude for the day. My bad. And the rest of the day I was in such a great mood because I thought, all right, I was being a brat. 
and the universe, I could just imagine the universe saying to get this bitch to shut up, move the car back in the lines and tell her like, it ain't that big a deal. You survived. You had one cicada on you. Get over it. Because, you know, like I said, I was mostly upset for the fact that I couldn't park close to the door and I had to be by the cicadas. So I, uh, Okay, so I um, that was the first thing that I really made me think to myself, like, all right, I am not in Kansas anymore. This, there's something weird about this. And then I started noticing things happening outside. And I'll never forget, I'm on a text thread with my sister-in-law and one of her friends. And we talk about the things that are happening right now with the government and the things. And everybody's pretty much aware that we have no idea and it's all a show. So... I said to them, I had a real bad feeling. I said, guys, will you keep your kids inside today? I was like, I don't know what's going on, but there's something wrong outside. I told my sister, oh, please, whatever you do, do not let the kids go outside and play. And it started raining anyway, so it was fine. The, um, the other woman, her friend said, that's funny you said that. She was, what makes you think that? I said, I don't know, but there's something off in our atmosphere. There's something going on and there's something off. Don't let the kids outside. And she goes, well, I'll tell you this right now. My son, I think he was like four years old. She goes, he hasn't napped in six months. Probably. She said, all of a sudden he was like, mom, I need a nap. And he took a nap or he needed to go and lay down. She was, then my daughter came in from playing outside and her daughter was seven or eight years old. And she said, her daughter came in and she goes, mom, my head hurts. I need to take a nap. And her daughter went and took a nap and she, and I know her kids and her daughter, her daughter is a little athlete gymnast, like so active. And this kid is what you call top healthy child. And she said, my daughter has not taken a nap in like years. And she was, so now both of my kids, so now you're telling me something's wrong with outside. And now both of my kids are sleeping and doing something they've never done. And that's when I realized that kids are, and everybody kind of knows this about when it comes to spirits and things, kids sense and see things that us as adults will usually do not or can't. Same things with animals, same thing with animals. So, you know, I'm really starting to be aware of that even though being awake is amazing, it's also kind of scary at the same time because there's things happening that I can't see or don't know, but I can feel. And it's affecting people that are still asleep, like not awake in the sense of untangled from the matrix. So anyway, um, and like I said, I've never told the story like this. So if I feel like I'm not saying things and it doesn't have a flow, it's because this is stuff I've never shared and especially have never talked about from beginning to like certain things to like to the end. So with the energy in my hands, I start working on it and I start doing it to people around me. So my mom, she'll have a headache and I'll take it away. Her backache, once again, it's a ploy to get me to rub her back again, you know, when I go and visit, but I'll, you know, do something with her back or her wrist, she has a metal plate in her wrist, um, a toothache, headache, um, people with arthritis, somebody has a fever, I take away the fever. The one, the first time I took away a fever, sorry, not the one, the first time I took away a fever, I took it away and I didn't know to clear my energy afterwards and my face got really red and it felt like it was on fire from um, my eyes down to my chin. And for about an hour and a half, my face was so uncomfortable. Like I had to ice my, my face, but the person who was sick was like, I feel amazing and I feel better. And then I kept checking on them afterwards, um, days afterwards. And I was like, how do you feel? They're like, I still feel great. So I'm doing 
you know, little bumps and bruises, aches and pains for the people around me. And I, if people are listening that are healers or that, you know, do Reiki and they're, they've gone through the training. Listen, I know that it's very irresponsible to go out here, just giving out some energy and touching people and doing things like that. But the whole point of it is, is what I noticed is that it only has adverse effects on me when I didn't know what I was doing. And homegirl didn't have time to go training. I was rehabbing a house and um, by myself and working seven days a week. So it's like I said, when I'm able and finally get everything done, I will go through the proper trainings. But I had a friend of mine say something like, well, are, are you trained in Reiki? You know, it was almost like kind of putting me down. Like, are you? And I said, look, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me that when somebody I know has a headache or a toothache or, you know, or like when I've had a sprained ankle, whatever it may be, that I put my hands on it for a, a certain period of time, they feel the warmth, they feel the heat, they feel the pressure, they feel the tingling, they feel coolness, they feel all different sensations, and then they're fine, they're, it's gone, they feel better, they're healed, they're what it is, so I don't need a piece of paper to tell me that I can do that. Now, it's not like I'm trying to operate a business. So, you know, I understand how people are like, well, don't you need a certification? No, it's like telling us someone who's a psychic to predict the future or to see the spirits around them that you need some kind of psychic license. Like it's all just, you know, it, it's a bullshit attitude coming from somebody who's jealous. Um, but anyway, so I, um, I, I am going to get training so I can harness it a little bit better but it's been actually pretty amazing because I chew my nails beside you know the hang nails and I remember one night it was like oh my god I did like two nails and it hurts and it's throbbing and all I did was like oh shit you've got your hands so I would just take two fingers and I would do this and I could feel the energy come through it and then they were numb the, my favorite story is the ankle this is actually really funny so because I'm rehabbing this house I'm up on a ladder and I don't have shoes on because I keep stepping in paint and so I just have socks on and I step off the ladder and I missed um, a step. And then when I came down, I tried to catch myself. And then there was like paint cans and things around me. I slipped and I rolled my ankle and it was bad. It, it was really bad. I could barely walk on it um, instantly. And I was like, oh man, what did I do? And I told myself, I have to work because I'm opening up a business and I took on thousands of dollars extra each month of bills for this venture that I'm on. And I was like, Oh, this is not a time that I'm not able to work. So I put my hands on my ankle it, at this point, this is hours after it happened and it's black and blue throbbing. I can't walk on it. And I was like, all right, I put my hands on my ankle and it helped a little bit, but an hour and a half later, it went completely numb in the areas that I touched completely numb to the fact that I looked down and I could feel my foot in the middle to my toes and then from the top of my ankle all the way up my leg, everything was normal. But where I put my hands specifically, the, the pain was gone. So I laughed so hard because all night long, I, I went to work then. All night long, I'm looking to make sure my foot, my ankle is moving my foot the way I want it to. And I'm just like cracking up like, oh my God, it's numb. This is amazing. So my, my dumb ass though, didn't take care of the issue in the sense that I didn't ice it. I didn't wrap it or elevate it at all. So I'm thinking that I healed myself when weeks afterwards, I'm looking at it and it's still swollen and it's still black and blue, but it's numb. So I think I'm good. And about three, three weeks was how long my little mojo lasted. And all of a sudden 
it kicked in. I was like, what is this feeling? So it was actually probably more intense than the initial sprain and left me like almost screaming. I was like, oh my gosh. So I realized I took away my pain, but I should have, you know, taken steps to help it actually heal instead of working on it and not stopping doing anything. So I touched my, I put my hands back onto my ankle again, and now I'm even in more pain and I do it again and it goes away. And then I was like, all right, I probably have three weeks to take care of this. So I'm going to ice it. I'm going to rest it and elevate it and get this sprained ankle taken care of. And sure enough, when the three weeks were up, I was like crossing my fingers and I, I was fine. So, but to have that kind of power of healing yourself like that, it's unbelievable. And it's funny because everyone can do it. Like everyone can do it, but it's, we believe that these things aren't possible and the things that we consume and eat and watch and all of this lower our frequency that we can't tap, tap in. Like Jerry, believe it or not, you have energy coursing through your body. There are scientists that prove that each human cell, when you add it all together, how many volts each cell like um, can emit and you put it all together, it's like trillions of volts um, of electricity. And we are literally electrical beings, but what you and I talked about, the food that we eat, what we drink, the things that we watch, the um, frequency that things are put out, out at us. And then we're also told this stuff is in comic books. This stuff's in movies. This is make-believe. This isn't real life. Um, but there's so many people out there that started doing what I, I, I went through and they've been doing this for years. And they've realized that once we kind of clear ourselves of all that stuff, that, wow, everybody has this. It's not just a special talent to one person or the other. Somebody might be stronger than the other, but um, that's something else. And, you know, I wouldn't even begin to understand that. But so we're all energy beings and our frequency is being lowered every single day, all day from the time that we're born, basically. So um, I'm trying to think leading up to this. Okay, so... Uh, when I said that I raised my frequency and I started seeing an increase in angel numbers, something happened. You know, I'm awake from the matrix now looking around saying, are people seeing the sun? Like I'm seeing it. Like, this is not real. The sky doesn't look real. Everything around me that's happening is so weird and strange. And then all of a sudden I feel like I'm being tested. Like somebody's watching me and testing me. And I don't know at this time, I don't know who or why I'm being tested. And I even said to my mom, I said, you're gonna think I am really crazy. But I said, somebody's watching me and something's testing me. And I said, every single day they're, they're, they're testing me to see if I will make the right choice. Because I'm the girl that like, if I'm in a parking lot and I see a piece of trash, I'm like, I'm gonna pick this piece of trash up as long as it's not completely filthy and disgusting. You know, so I'm that chick that's picking up trash in a parking lot or just other little things. Like if I'm in a hurry, there'll be a woman with a walker that's really far away. So I have the option of I'm in the hurry, I'm in a hurry and I'm in the middle of a DoorDash trying to make money. And there's a woman walking very slowly, very far away. And do I stay and hold the door for her? And it's gonna probably take a couple extra minutes or do I go about my way and hope that somebody else will hold the door for her? It, I became very hyper aware of, I feel like I'm being put in situations where I'm being tested. So I said that out loud. Sure enough, later on, I find out that I am, I was being tested. 
um, I had, you have to learn to trust your intuition. So when all of this is happening, I started having, I know we talked last episode about my dreams um, coming true. Um, they were like messages or visions. I started having dreams of light coming from my hands. And I actually started having those before I even started doing the Reiki or the healing. But I had dreams and visions of light, a gold bright light beaming from my hands. And I was almost like in a battle and I was fighting something. It, it was like a creature or an alien. Um, but not an alien like that what we think of, almost like a beast that you would see in a movie. And I have light emitting from my hands. And I had multiple, multiple of those. And I wake up thinking that was so unbelievably realistic in the feeling of that. It's strange. And then I had one where I was, um, we were in a battle. It was like a, a, another fight. And I go and I jump in front of humans or people that look just like me, which by the way, I've never felt human my entire life. And I push them out of the way and I tell them to run and I drop to my knees and there's this big beast in front of me. I drop to my knees and I like close my eyes and I tell my body to release like my energy. And I explode like a time bomb. I just explode and energy goes everywhere. And then I wake up. Um, there's a point to that, which I will later get to about that, that those particular dreams about battle and the exploding of light. Um, so about this time, I realized that I have this dream about a group of people and I'm at like one of eight or one of 10 or 12, we were all paired off and we had to go on the run because each one of us had a special power and somebody was trying to have us use that and control us for this power. So what I mean by that is it, it's hard, it's hard for me to put into contest, but it almost like what you would see, it's somebody not working with the government, but works for the government type situation, like a black ops type group, secret group, discovered that me and um, an even number of people, because it was even number, because we were paired off and we were stronger when we were together, like we we're stronger in pairs. And once again, when I said I've never felt human, I really never have felt like I would ever find a partner in life because I just, I don't, I had like a really disconnect of thinking, I know this sounds crazy because it's not like I'm some winning prize or anything, but it's just, they're never, it's not going to be enough or they're not what I am or on a level. It's strange to say it, but then once I tell you when I discover what I am or where I came from, then it will make sense why being around human boys, you know, I have a lot of fun with them. And I've had a really good time, but I've never thought this is a mate. So this is what's so strange in this dream. I have a mate, like a person that I'm connected to, and I don't have connections with them like that. It's kind of like a love them and leave them situation my whole life of how I've been with guys. So I find that very strange in this dream. So we're on the run. This evil black ops group basically wants us to use our powers. They want to test us and then they want to see what they can do and basically turn us into into a weaponized little army of our own. And so we literally as a group decided to go on the run and we're in an area where it was like beautiful mountains and snow. And I knew we were in Europe somewhere. And all of a sudden we got a phone call and it said, fine, you won't let us know where you are. Cool. Um, 
you better call and check on your families. And all of us knew like, oh, you know, they're going to get to us through our families. So everybody's calling their family. I remember calling my parents. I'm like, you guys, okay. I don't explain. I'm like, all right, bye. And the guy who's supposed to be my mate, he's calling his family. We're all doing it at the same time. And all of a sudden he lets out a blood curdling scream. His family was murdered. I don't know if all of them were murdered or what. So we devised a plan. This is all in a dream. And this is what made me decide to go on a podcast is because I feel like there are there might be a select few people out there that have maybe had this dream or had this experience and will be able to, um, there has to be a way of somebody I can connect with that have, that have had this experience because I feel deep down and I know deep down there is a link there. So, you know, we decide in this dream, we decide that we're going to, um, we're going to have to fight back. We plan our plan of attack. And in the dream, we said, we were designating powers, like you have this power, but you're better at this power. So we're now talking about our powers. And I can't remember what my power was or what we did, but we literally said, I remember asking, is this to put them down, subdue them, or is this to kill them? And they said, no, we stop them, we kill them. And we were going to do it in a public place. We picked an airport and they said we would never reveal ourselves to, to humans or whatever, but we said, we don't care. There's no way to stop them. So, I mean, it literally sounds like something straight from a superhero movie or something like that, but like, I'm not really into those. And I don't watch those. So I don't know. So when I had this dream, I realized I had to try to find these people. And that's what led me to go on a podcast. So as soon as I decided that I was going to go on a podcast, then I started getting messages and visions in my dreams. Like I told you how they split off of the government testing me. Um, I went willingly because it was kind of like a, it's your family or you come with us. And I wasn't being restrained, but they were testing me. So I keep having visions of the government testing me. And mind you, up until this point, every vision I've ever had has come true. Okay. Every vision and every message I have has actually come true or been something that has happened in the past that I can verify. So now I've got the government coming for me. I'm being tested on. Um, there was even an instance where these Android bots that are made of metal, but look like humans came after me. And this is what's strange is. I am realizing that I'm screwed and all of a sudden a giant appears and a giant appears out of nowhere and is like, yeah, you're screwed, but I can help you. And when we talk later on about what the, I think this is what they call a Nephilim or, you know, a half angel, half or the, the half angel, half human, they bred giants. Right. So I've never even thought of this, but I'm dreaming of a giant coming to my rescue. Now we lose the fight. Two of the bots are torn apart by the giant, and I think the giant has died, but I'm screwed because the one bot that's left um, has me right where they want me, and then I wake up. So, and then the dream I told you about off air, which I will never speak of on air, but the dream split off, and remember how I say when I wake up, I Google something, and it verifies there's a few facts that I Google that I'm like, all right, you know, a date, a time, or a place, or a last name, well, during this dream, it was so far-fetched, but something split off and one of the people get up. And then and I, it's like a snap and I, I woke up and I thought, oh shit, I'm not gonna look it up. I won't look it up. That's weird, but I've never, never have had something break character and address me in a dream like that. Well, days later, the cur uh, curiosity got the better of me. I looked it up 
And what I dreamed, which I thought was impossible, was actually true. And let me tell you, I actually threw my phone. I physically threw my phone across the room because I wanted to pretend like I did not just do that. I did not look up something that somebody specifically told me not to look up. So I, um, I, I thought, oh man, I'm, I'm really, I'm really screwed. So the other podcast that I was supposed to go on that it ended up not happening, um, leading, leading up to this, uh, more and more occurrences were happening and it was almost very fearful. Like it made me afraid to, to speak out. Um, before I go into the next thing, I have a couple stories to tell you about the matrix simulate, like the simulation breaking that are just like, it can't happen unless it's a matrix. So one day I was driving around door dashing and you know, this is before I figured out who I was communicating with, but I was like, I feel like somebody's trying to get my attention. Okay. I know we talked about that. Somebody's trying to communicate with me and get my attention. I say out loud to the universe, cause I speak out loud all the time. I said, all right, here's the deal. I am driving to my drop-off location. I have a um, 15 minute drive. Now I was actually halfway into this drive. So it was probably more like, like eight. And I said, I'm almost to this location. I have about five hours left of the night door dashing. I am looking for a bench to put out front of my store and I'm not finding anything that I like. So I said, give me a bench somewhere on the side of the road, um, at the end of a person's driveway that like they're throwing out sometime tonight in five hours. And I will know that this is a matrix simulation, everything that I've been experiencing. And I've been saying out loud that this is not what everybody thinks it is, that this is a simulation. And I asked for that. And at that point, the reason I asked for that is because, because I'm opening up a store, I have been finding dressers and bookshelves and bookcases, like all kinds of crazy shit in people's driveways while I'm door dashing. So it was really something, you know, and you will see on the side of the road, people leave out sofas and all kinds of random shit, but I've never seen a bench. And that's what I was looking for. So I said that. Eight minutes later, I pull up to these people's driveway and two doors down across the street, I see a wooden bench on the, by the mailbox. And I said, there's no way that just happened. So I drop the food off and I drive and the bench has a sign that says free on it. And this bench is gorgeous. Looks like it's straight up from Pottery Barn, big, wood, ornate. I know for a fact that if I were to try to replace that bench and buy it, I'm looking at 500 to $600. These people, because two spindles have fallen off and they actually put it and taped it to the back. So you'd have to just glue it with wood. There's this expensive bench just sitting on the road. So of course I'm freaking out. I take this bench. I call my friends. I call my, my I'm sorry. I call my best friend and I tell her what just happened. I said, I told the universe, this is a matrix. I know it is. And to agree that I am right and the things that I'm saying, give me a bench. And eight minutes later, I have a wooden bench. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is, this is unreal. So we call it the miracle bench. And I was gonna put it out front of my store. That shit ain't going out front. Besides, it's a five, $600 bench at least. I'm keeping that inside. That's with me. And that is going to be something that when I die, I pass to my nieces. And it's gonna be like an heirloom. This is a miracle gifted bench. So then from there, crazy things started happening as well. I would just randomly think to myself, man, I really like using chopsticks. Now, 
to condense the story, I went to a place, I got two different things to munch on for the day. And I grabbed two chopsticks, two, that's it. I get home, I dump the bag out. All that's there is two sets of chopsticks. As I use my last pair of chopsticks days later, I say out, I say out loud, I talk out loud to the universe a lot. I said, man, I really love chopsticks. It, I, I think it's fun to eat with them. And I said, and when I finish remodeling my kitchen, I'm going to buy a bunch of plastic chopsticks and eat with chopsticks. The next morning I woke up and I see the chopsticks wrapper laying on the counter. And I thought, I even thought to myself, man, you're so lazy. Why don't you throw that away? I grab it, Jerry, and there's chopsticks in it. And I instantly said, no, I know I use both sets. That doesn't make sense. And I grabbed two because I dumped it out on my countertop. I know what I had. And I dug through my own trash because I said, there's no way that there's chopsticks laying here. It was like another little gift from the universe. I dug through my trash and I found both sets of chopsticks. So now I have on display these chopsticks because I was like, this is just like my bench. It's like a miracle chopsticks. I tell the universe, I like something or I say something and it's like, I'm gifted with it. Now, I've said I've liked money a lot, but I haven't been gifted with money like that. And I know it doesn't operate like that and work like that. And I don't want it to. So that's not my main objective is to try to win the lottery or anything like that. But then comes the next story. Now it gets freakier and it gets to be a little bit more over the top. This really can't be happening. I have these two cats that came with my house basically and they're indoor outdoor cats and I've taken them in um they keep me up till two or three o'clock in the morning um because they like to be out at night because I work mostly throughout the day so my friends have educated me because I'm a first-time cat owner you're ruining your cats and you're spoiling them too much you have to teach them a lesson so I said okay I'll be tough so one night I couldn't get one of my cats in and it's this beautiful gray cat. I couldn't get him in. Uh, he's like, I've got the world. I, he basically wanted to go do hood rat shit on the streets. So I couldn't get him in. And I had to say, well, you keep me up to 2 a.m. every night. And I get up at 6.30 for work. So I can't do this anymore. It's 12.30. I leave him outside. I go to bed. And I go to bed so sad. Like, I am so upset. My heart is broken that this cat has to sleep outside all night long. Even though there's a bed out there for him. But I have to, I'm not playing his game right now. So. I'm laying in bed, heartbroken. And mind you, it's not cold outside at this point in time. It's still really warm. So I was like, hopefully this will teach him a lesson. I set my alarm for six o'clock, even though I get up at 630, because I said, I want to hurry up and wake up and get him in. I wake up and I instantly was like, oh shit, the cat's still outside. And I get up and the cat that was outside runs in front of me. And I instantly said, wow, this is not possible. I kind of took a step back. And I thought to myself, no, 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 this really isn't possible. And I just was looking at him and he was meowing at me. And I was like, how the hell did you get inside? I live alone. Nobody else has my spare key. And it's the middle of the night. And like I've said multiple times, I don't sleepwalk. And I'm thinking like, did I get abducted by aliens again or something? And they leave a door open or they let the cat in? Because it was, I don't even know. But I thought to myself, I wanted more than anything to get that cat in for the night and it broke my heart and I wake up and now my cat's inside magically. And I said, wow, this must be another gift from somebody up above 
And I said, next time, I really appreciate it. Next time, can you get the cat in before I go to sleep so I'm not so sad? I was like, that would work better for me. Um, months passed by and it happens again with another cat. But this time it was even worse because I was awake for it. When I was asleep and whatever magically happened, you know, I could just chalk it up to, I have no idea, I was passed out, it doesn't matter. Um, this time I was uh, on the streets at 1.30 in the morning trying to get my white one, um, this white one inside now. And it, it's actually freezing outside, so I can't teach him a lesson. It's, you know, 15 degrees outside and I couldn't teach him a lesson. So I am just, and I know for a fact, when people are like, well, maybe he was in here hiding. No, I have no furniture in here. Um, there's no place for him to hide. I saw him running outside and that's why I went inside. I put my coat on, I got dressed for winter. I'm wrapped in a blanket and I go chasing him down the street. Um, it's like a little game. They like for me to just chase them around. It's not a game. It really sucks. So he's outside. And I think to myself, I can't, I have to go to sleep. It's one something in the morning and I can't get this cat in. So as I'm walking back into my house, I literally say out loud and I kind of look up to the sky and I said, well, somebody please fucking just help me get this cat inside. I said it like that. And um, I go, I know I don't ask for much, but just please. And I do my long walk to my back door. And when I go to grab my back door handle, my door is completely shut. And mind you, I saw the cat run down the street. I look up into the window where they normally like to sit, which is eye level for my back door. And the cat is sitting on the ledge looking at me. And I, now this went, it, it, it's like, I asked for it to be put in, like for me to get it in the house. Um, I just wanted something to have the cat come to me so I could pick it up, not to put it in the house. So when I walked in the house, I'm in full, like what just happened mode, kind of in a panic. Um, and the cat comes up to me and is meowing and wants to rub up and love on me. And I've never done this before, but I pushed the cat off of me. And I said, I'm so sorry. Will you please just back up? You are kind of freaking me out right now. I said, you were just outside and now you're inside my house in zero time. Like I'm talking in a matter of seconds, he's outside and now he's inside. And I said, will you please just step back? I said, please stay away from me. I go, I go, I just need a moment to process what just happened. It's one thing when you're asleep and it happened with the gray cat, but it's another thing for it to happen while you're awake. So when I say actually being freaked out, looking at something that sleeps with you every night and you love on it, being like, what are you? Are you a cat? What is a cat? I mean, I kind of was sitting there looking at it, going, looking for its eyes to glow red or something. Like I thought something crazy. I couldn't even place it. And then finally I got over it and I said, I'm so sorry, come here. And I loved on it. But I thought to myself, wow, when I really say or want something, it's like the universe has kind of, kind of gifted me with things. Like I said, I've said a couple of times, hey, it'd be really nice to have a little extra money. And um, it doesn't work like that. They pick and choose what they gift, but it's fine. But, you know, that's when I realized that things really can be moved and manipulated in ways that we will never, even being awake from the matrix, even ever be able to understand. But let's just say I felt like I, I couldn't turn my back on my cats for a minute. I just felt a little uneasy. Um, but I, I was like, oh my God, are you demonic cats? Like what is happening? But um, 
that's, they're fine. They're not demonic cats. They're sweet little angels, but I'm just saying that that is just a few of my favorite little glitches in the matrix story. Like people talk about seeing a bird suspend in air or having other little things happen, but I've literally seen things and it's not really manifesting. I've had things appear out of thin air, um, basically right in front of me. And it's been, it's been pretty trippy, but I'll move on to something else. And like I said, people are going to either believe this or not. I'm not here to make people believe it because there's going to be people on here and say, oh, none of that's true. If you haven't understood by now, the things that have happened to me in my life are completely unreal and don't make sense, then you're never like nobody's ever going to understand. Re very unexplainable things happen to me on an every um, everyday basis. And trust me, it's not easy being me. And it's very kind of lonely and it's kind of exhausting sometimes, but it's, there's also magic to it as well. It's, it, it's amazing. So, um, this is how I started figuring out who I was communicating with. I know I talked about messages and signs. Something led me to this woman. So my friend had cancer, uh, her breast cancer came back and I was going to do an energy session on her. Um, I can feel when somebody has metal in, in their body because it makes my fingers feel like they're being put in a light socket. And like I said, with the fever, and I got sick after the fever, I was going to do an energy session on my friend that had cancer. And I wanted to make sure that I didn't have that because I don't know really what I'm doing. I'm not going to have something affect me. And um, I really have a negative effect on, on my body because I'm trying to help and because I'm untrained. So in my area, there's three big cities that are all around me, equal distance. I look up healers around me. I get numbers. I try to call people. I leave messages and also I'm interested in a session because here I am doing this to other people, but I don't really know what it feels like to have it done um, on me. So nobody called me back. I couldn't understand it. I, you know, it was very like, Hey, I just have some advice and I would actually be interested in booking an energy session or a healing session. And nobody called me back. And I called eight to 10 people in my state. And then finally it dawned on me. I need to call somewhere um, out West because of the time difference, it was getting later in the day and it was still business operating hours out West. And I was going to see my friend in two days and I needed somebody to call me back. I found one girl's number and I hung up in the middle of her saying, hi, this is so-and-so I'm unavailable. And I just clicked. I was like, nope, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. I found another woman and I called her, left a message. And then I said, I'm done. This is about 10, 12, 13 people I've called or whatever. I was like, I'm done. This woman will be the last woman I call. And this is a woman that got back to me and she changed my life. This conversation was the single most important conversation I have ever had in my life. Nothing that happens in the future will ever compare to this conversation. So she texts me back that night and says, hey, can we talk tomorrow? I was like, um, yes, please, thank you. So she calls me and we um, <clears throat> instantly right off the bat she just hit me left and right with the things that I've been been experiencing and wanted to hear I uh she said something like to me I, I can't remember the first part of the conversation because it was so amazing but the, one of the like it was the third thing she said she goes oh when you wake up from the matrix I said wait a minute wait what'd you just say she goes well when you untangle yourself from the matrix and I said so you believe that we're living in a matrix and a, like a simulation as well. She goes, oh yeah, honey, don't you know that? I said, no, I know that. I'm experiencing it. I'm awake. I don't know what the next level of awake is, but I am out of the matrix. And I, you know, 
everything is so different and so new and it's scary. And I, and I don't know what's happening. And she goes, oh, you poor thing. Yeah, there's millions of us that are out of the matrix now. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I need to get myself a tribe of people that, because the people around me have no idea what I'm talking about. And they look at me more and more every day, like, I, like I'm even crazier, you know? Um, so it's like, so I just stop talking to people about things because they don't understand. And sometimes when people don't understand something, they can fear it or they can, you know, be a little hateful towards it. And I just don't want to ruin relationships with family members and best friends. So um, she tells me, oh, you're awake from the matrix. And I said, yes. So we're talking about this and my mind is being blown and she's confirming everything I'm going through. And she says, oh, by the way, I see you making a video about this or some videos. And I said, actually, the uh, two days before, um, I have a Snapchat account that I no longer am on, but everybody, I had a big following on Snapchat because it was mostly me doing drunk, crazy shit um, and just being a little bit, you know, on the wilder, crazy side. And um, I had a lot of people and, you know, when I wouldn't post, everybody would just be like, your Snapchats make my day. You please keep posting on your story. And it was weird because I no longer was that person. So then I would want to talk about certain things and nobody wants to hear about frequencies and stuff. So it was weird. Right before I had that phone conversation with her, she told me she sees me making a video about some of the matrix stuff. And it was weird. I made my first little Snapchat video and put it on my story about Nikola Tesla and frequencies and people have no idea. And of course, everybody hated it, which is fine. And that's why I no longer am on it. I don't even care. It doesn't even matter to me anymore. So she's telling me this. And then, you know, I'm asking her questions and Everything I'm saying, she is confirming it. I'm like, when I meditate, I saw a ball of light one time and now I see it all the time. And sometimes it's bigger and brighter and this and that. I said, but the first time I saw it, it brought tears to my eyes. I said, I felt like I was seeing heaven or God or something. I go, can we see that through meditation? It's a round ball and there's color around it. She goes, oh, that's your soul. And I said, excuse me. She goes, no, you saw Stephanie. That's your soul. And once again, the first thing when we got off the phone, I I Googled, what does your soul look like when you meditate or you see it? And sure enough, people have made paintings and drawings and things of what you see when you go in deep meditation and seeing and connecting to your soul. And like I said, I felt a connection to this thing. I thought it was heaven or God. There had to be something weird about this because like when I meditate, I see colors and they dance and they change. They do the oddest things. It's hard to explain. Um, but so I was like, oh my God, thank you. So she's answering my questions left and right. And then she gave me things about how to clear my energy and how to protect myself. I told her about my dreams and I told her about how every time I have dreams and visions, they come true. And I said, I just decided I was going to go on a podcast and start talking about these things. And I said, and then I started having dreams and visions about the government testing on me, people coming for me, like really bad things to come or whatever it may be. And she said, um, if you were the matrix and you didn't want somebody to speak out about it, what would you try to do? And I was like, I would try to stop them. She goes, how would you try to stop them? And I thought about it. She goes, would you maybe try to tap into their dreams and give them different messages about the government coming for them? She goes, think about it. Were they different from the other messages that you received? And I said, they did feel a little different. They were a little weird. She goes, you know, when you untangle from the matrix and they try to get you back in or kind of try to stop you, they'll do like a, almost like a full court press. And I've, I've experienced it in a whole other level that, um, 
we don't even have enough time to ever even scratch the surface of that. But, um, and she confirmed something also that I was never going to say out loud in my entire life to a single human being, but she brought the subject up and she says, oh, they can put thoughts and, and um, images and things in your head, even while you're awake. And I said, oh my God, thank you. I said, because I have said, I would be doing something and something would pop into my head and it would be grotesque and horrible and horrific. And I would say, oh my God, what are you doing? That is not me, get the fuck out of my head. And she goes, yes, in our group, we don't say get the fuck out of our head. We say return to sender. And I said, oh, that's, you know, that's a little bit nice. Yeah, that's nice. That's more pleasant. Return to sender. And I said, so you're basically confirming something that I was never going to admit out loud that the matrix or the people in control of that will put images and thoughts and things into your head. She goes, well, absolutely. And she goes, and you're not the only one. And I was like, oh man. And it's weird because when I first woke up from the matrix, I was having, and it, and, and it wasn't able to control me anymore. Keep me asleep or however you want to describe it. Like I don't even watch TV anymore. I can't even watch. I, I don't listen to the same things. I am a completely changed and different person because now I see things for kind of, not kind of, for what they are. And it was like being hypnotized every single day with what you listen to and what you hear and the things going on around you. So when I no longer do those things, it's like, how do, how do they get me back in? And when I first was waking up, I was having to say, get the fuck out of my head about three to four times a day. And then it started to be having to say, you know, Maybe I'll call it return to sender because that's nicer, but I'm just going to be me. I said, get the fuck out of my head. Then once every other, like once every few days, I would have to say it. Now I've said it once in the past month, maybe get the fuck out of my head um, because they keep trying, but they don't. And I've also had to tell them when I said that they do a full court press. Uh, and once again, don't even have time to scratch the surface on that subject. But if people can understand that the things that happen to me and what go on around me are completely unreal, something that you would see in a movie, but it's my life. One day they were messing with me so hard, it became laughable. And I literally said, all right, you're trying to do something and get a reaction. And you've been doing it for the last three to four hours and it's not working. Do you want to keep on trying? Because it's not going to work. So you're wasting your time and you're wasting your effort. Go do something else. And as soon as I said that, it stopped. And I was like, there you go. But when I said everything that you could possibly think of that could go wrong in a four hour period of time, it did. And when you think in the analogy of if I'm, a, if I'm a car and I'm driving down the road and the matrix was able to tap in and control my car, it was able to tell me to turn left, turn right, speed up, slow down. The matrix was able to move my car where it wanted. Now I've kicked the matrix out of the car and it wants to stop me or, or derail me or make me turn. So what is it going to do? It's going to affect the things around me, remove the bridge up ahead or put down spikes and give me all flat tires, um, put a big boulder in front of me, cause a 10 car pileup. That's the best analogy I have to explain it to people without get, getting into further detail is that when they can't control you any longer, they, the only thing they can do then is control the things around you and the people around you. And then in effect, it will then it will fuck with you. But it was trying to also get a reaction and you know, it wasn't. Um, so 
and even she said, be, be, you know, warned, it's going to try to stop you as best as it possibly can. And I was like, I've already kind of now experienced that. And I was like, I know what you're talking about. Um, so her and I are talking about this and she told me, so tell me more about your dreams. I told her about them. Then I get messages and things like that. And she goes, do you think maybe somebody's trying to, you know, get your attention? And we kind of went there and I said, well, maybe. And I said, I'm seeing angel numbers left and right. And she goes, okay, well, let's talk about that. She goes, I speak to the arch, archangel Michael every day. Now you're talking to a girl that doesn't believe in religion and never believed in God. I was literally anti-God. God doesn't exist. This is all a bunch of BS. You know, um, I, I admit I was a full on non-believer. And it was because I thought maybe there might be something like God out there, but man has twisted it and changed the words of the Bible to fit their own narrative. What can we trust? What we can't trust. And so many people I knew that were actually really bad people were people that went to church every Sunday and said, oh, and would say, oh, praise God and things like that. And they were the most awful human beings. So I just thought to myself, I just I had such an aversion to anything religious or anything talked about God. And I should have realized I was wrong because when something tried to possess me, the only thing that was getting it to leave my body was my mom saying, dear God and dear Jesus. And the thing left me instantly. Um, so, you know, I should have actually started believing then in a higher power, but I didn't. It took me years and years for that. So she tells me that she speaks to Michael every day. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. She was, I talk out loud to him and I ask for guidance and things like that. And so I was like, oh, that's amazing. And I was like, if I would to talk to anybody, I don't know, maybe Gabriel. I just had the name Gabriel. And she said, oh, well, you know, that is an angel that one of their main things is delivering messages to people, especially in their dreams. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably who, you know, because I've had some instances where um, I've been in situations where I could have gotten myself in trouble, not like life or death situations, but something has called my name to get my attention and get me up or out of the way, or um, I was going to be late for something that was super, super important. And I overslept and I heard my name being called. Um, it, and I just thought it was a ghost, but it woke me up and it was on a whole deep subconscious. It, 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 that's something else. But anyway, I've, I've heard my name called multiple times in, in a dreamlike state. And I thought to myself, oh, that must be a ghost. So she says, no, you know, that's what they do. If they have messages for you and things like that, they can reach you in the dreams because, and I've said before in one of the episodes, we don't speak and we're not on the same frequency. We don't speak the same. It's not the same. So when I talk, even when I think they hear it, they get it, they understand it, but I can't hear them. They're, I'm not on their frequency. They're so far above me. So the way that they reach me is through signs and little messages and things that are now in my face every single day, all day long. And I, and I, you cannot deny it. So she told me, ask out loud, talk to Gabriel. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, let me talk to Gabriel. So the rest of the day I kept saying, Hey, Gabriel, thank you so much for all the times of support. And I would say to myself, man, I can't even believe I'm speaking out loud thinking that I'm talking to angel Gabriel. I just thought it was just hilarious. I was actually making myself laugh. And then when I went to bed, I was like, good night, Gabriel. Like I, I kind of was 
uh, I don't want to say be, like making a joke of it a little bit, but I thought, okay, like we're going to see how this goes. So it, the, it was the next day that I was actually going to see my friend who had the breast cancer, which I was able to feel her cancer and pinpoint it. Exactly. That's something completely else. And that is a feeling that I, I mean, I just, to, to actually be able to say, I can feel exactly where your cancer is. That was mind blowing to me. But before I went there, I, I did something that I called charging up. I went and grounded. I went outside barefoot and I was meditating, listening to frequencies barefoot and I grounded. When I grounded, I um, would talk to Gabriel. Gabriel, please help me out on this, all this other things. Well, the rest of the day I said, Gabriel, Gabriel. The next day I wake up and because I'm door dashing, one of my first orders was to Michael. I thought, oh, okay, Michael, not a big deal. Then my second order was to Michael and I was like, or something like that. And I was like, oh, two Michaels. The, th the fifth order was to like a Mike. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of weird. And mind you, while I'm getting these orders, the addresses to like Mike, Mike B would be address 7771 something. And I'm like, interesting. She called those angel numbers and now I'm delivering to a Mike. I'm like, okay, okay. And then earlier when I dropped off another order to Michael, I saw the license plate said 222 and then it went on. I was like, huh. So the rest of the day, I probably had eight deliveries go to Michael out of 12. So eight out of 12 of my deliveries went to Michael. And I literally stopped and I said, holy shit, I'm not talking to Gabriel. Like Gabriel's not my guardian angel, it's Michael. I said, Michael, are you my guardian angel? And the, the next thing that came through, it or I, I saw a sign or something and it, a car drove by, yeah, car drove by and it had a sign for Michael's blank, blank and blank. I'm not gonna say what it is because then it might be able to exactly pinpoint my location, but it was a business that said Michael's blank, blank, blank. And I was like, oh my God, I am speaking to Michael. I was like, man, I'm so sorry. I thought it was Gabriel, but I was like, okay, is this really happening? So, like I said, not only am I given the name Michael at a DoorDash, but then there's angel numbers on the license plate, or they're, they have angel numbers as their um, address, or it'll say pickup time from Wendy's at 222. And I'm like, oh my God. And then it'll be like, drop off Mike R. Um, by 5.55 p.m. And I'm just like, my mind is blown. I was like, all right, this is enough signs. Like, I get it. I'm talking to Michael. So that same night, and I remember it was a Friday night, I was in at a Penn station getting an order for Michael. No, yeah, for, it was for Michael, not Mike, Michael. It's getting an order for Michael. And I see a guy sitting there waiting for his order. And he had a full sleeve tattoo. And something told me, and when I say something, I believe it was Michael told me, tell him that you know that those flowers on his arm are to remember somebody or to honor somebody. And I was like, and then I started arguing with my head in my head, I'm not gonna do that. And it was like, you need to do this. And I was like, I don't want to, this is so weird. And it was like, no, you need to say this to him. So I thought to myself, uh, to get, to literally to get the inner dialogue of what is happening to stop, I was like, all right, I'm gonna say it. So I just finally said to the man, hey, man, I like your sleeves. He's like, thanks. And I said, those, um, those flowers, they're really beautiful. And he's like, oh, thank you. And I said, did you get those flowers to honor somebody? And he said, no. 
I go, um, I think you did. And then he gave me this look like you're, you're questioning me. And then he kind of changed his face change when he looked at me like a little bit longer and he goes, well, actually they were my mom's favorite flowers. And I said, so you did get them to honor somebody. And he goes, yeah, I did for my mom. And I thought to myself, oh my God, that is unbelievable. I was like, oh, did that just happen? Well, then the lady goes, hey, Mike, I have your order. So I jump up because I'm waiting for a Michael. And I thought she was just condensing the name, shortening the name. And I jump up and the guy jumps up at the same time. And then he looks at me and I looked at him and he goes, I'm, my name's Mike. And she goes, did you order a chicken teriyaki? This, this, and she goes, yeah. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm door dashing for a, a Michael. He goes, yeah, that's my order. So literally someone gave me the, the message, tell this guy. And I think it was to, to also get my attention to say, look, know that we're going to give you messages and to know that they're true messages and they, they are what they are. Here's a sign to confirm. So when that guy left, he was like, thank you. That was very odd, but thank you. And I said, yeah, I bet you never expected that on a Friday night in Penn station. He was like, no, I didn't. So that literally changed my entire pers perspective about absolutely everything. It was like that moment on, it was just like, all right, this is actually happening. I'm speaking to Michael and through Michael, maybe God, like, is this real? So I, I devised a plan that next day, Saturday, that let's give me, give me some signs. And to confirm what I'm saying, this is what I want for confirmation. I love Mini Coopers. And like I said before, in the area that I am, I would never see them. One day I said, God, I love seeing Mini Coopers. And I started seeing them left and right. Well, once I decided to tell Michael that I want that as confirmation for signs and the questions that I ask, I give a specific time period. I want to see a Mini Cooper within two minutes and I'll see three. You know, I mean, it's just wild. I want a neon orange car, a Mini Cooper or angel numbers. Those are my three signs that I ask for. And so we kind of like worked it out. I know that sounds weird that I'm talking to Michael and worked out this sign signaling messaging, but that's what we do. We work it out. So we're, um, this is on Saturday and then on Sunday rolls around. And this is when everything really kind of started to change. I don't know. Am I, I can't even believe it. I didn't even, I don't know. Are we over on time or. Oh, um, well, I will, I will actually, I will tell this one story on a Sunday. This was unbelievable. I was going to DoorDash for the day and I did, I had to make a U-turn and I was at a Mike's car wash. And I said out loud to my car, I don't think my car talks back to me. It's not like that. But I just said, oh girl, I know you need a bath. I'm so sorry. I'll give you, I will get a car wash this week. Later that day, I had to go pick up something from um, off somebody off Facebook marketplace. My brother has to come with me. It's a piece of furniture. And when we get, when we get there, the, 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 the place was a Bible verse farms. It was like, you know, it, I'm not going to say the name because it'll give it where it is, but it was like Genesis, this, this farm. So my brother goes, man, that is a very strange name to name a farm. And I said, yeah, it actually is. But then I was kind of laughing on the inside. I was like, actually, no. And I think this is a sign. They want me to read this verse. So I pick up the piece of furniture. It doesn't fit in my house whatsoever. Can't even get in the doorway. And I'm losing my shit. I'm actually, then I kind of start crying because I'm like, 
everything is happening. It's all overwhelming. Of course, it's not going to fit my house. And I said, you know, I just don't have time for this, this right now. I just spent money that I really didn't need to be spending on a piece of furniture that I actually truly, really needed. And now it doesn't fit. So I had a really bad day and I said out loud to God or Michael, whoever's listening while I was crying, I just said, I don't ask anything of you and I never will. But I said, you don't have to gift me with things. I said, but just don't make my life any harder than it already is. I'm already overwhelmed with everything that I'm doing with the business and remodeling this house by myself. I said, just don't make my life any harder. And I said, that's all I ask. So then I dried my eyes, got my ass in my car and went back door dashing. My second order for the evening takes me to this person's house. The person tipped very well and it said, leave it at my door. So when I pulled up, he was standing in the doorway. I was like, oh, hey, here you go, sir. Here's your food. And he's tried handing me something and he's trying to hand me something. And I said, oh, no, no, you already tipped me. And I'm thinking it's cash. He goes, and he was very odd. He goes, no, this is for you. And I said, what this? And he goes, yeah. And I said, no, I'm fine. You already tipped me. He goes, no, you're supposed to have this. You need to take this. This is for you. I looked down and it said an ultimate car wash for Mike's car wash or an ultimate wash at Mike's car wash. And I was like, I, I looked at him and like I said, he was very strange acting and it caught me off guard because it said, leave it at my door and knock and go away basically. So he hands me this and I said, thank you, sir. Um, I just said today how I needed a car wash. I will use this. So I get in my car and I'm like, Jesus, that just happened. We don't ever get anything from people extra through DoorDash. You know, it's very rare. Like what I've had over 4,000 deliveries and I've gotten extra things twice. That was one of two. So out of 4,000 and something deliveries, I'm being handed something that's for Mike's car wash. So my next order takes me to Chipotle. It gets even crazier. Takes me to Chipotle. You know where the delivery was? to a Mike's car wash. I literally get a Mike's car wash coupon or for a free wash. And then my next order is a drop off to a Mike's car wash. And I'm thinking like, I could not even, if I was a writer, I couldn't even write this shit. I was like, this is absolutely amazing. And I said, I have no time for a car wash, but I was like, duly noted. Like, I firmly believe that I was like, if this is a gift from Michael and up above, like, thank you. I know I said, I wouldn't ask for things and I didn't, but I think Michael knew I was having a really bad day with that piece of, piece of furniture not fit it, fitting. And so the rest of my shift, I was so in such a good mood. I was like, wow, they really are looking out for me. And this is when the church, the story that you like, the church story comes in. I'm driving around that night and I, um, I'm, I do my last delivery and I'm in an area and zone. Like I said, I have over 4,000 deliveries. I'm very familiar with this area, but I'm dropping off at the end of the night. I see this church. It's 11 o'clock at night and this church is beautiful. It's lit up. It's just gorgeous. Something says I'm looking at this church and I'm like, wow. And it was at my last drop off. I dropped off, pulled out of their driveway and there's this beautiful church right down the street. And I thought, wow, this is pretty. And I said, you know what? That Bible verse that was at, on the farms, I said, I'm going to read this, that Bible verse in the church parking lot instead of when I get home. So I pulled in to the empty parking lot and I read the Bible verse. I had to look it up online because obviously I don't have a Bible in my car and I am reading it. And it's amazing how the things, what it said in this verse was like, it, it pinpointed exactly, exactly to a T what I was, what I was experiencing and going through. And I thought, 
wow. And I know that I've never read the Bible and I know that there's probably a lot of verses in there that can be um, looked at many different ways. And, you know, my experience could be applied to other different books or chap chapters. Oh my God, I'm so bad. I don't even know what they're called. But anyway, I knew that this was, you know, something that was meant for me. So I, uh, I'm like, all right, this is amazing. I'm going to go home tonight, go to bed. Thank you for the car wash. Appreciate that. And I honestly felt like a sense of calm kind of came over me like, okay, this is, this is amazing. So the next morning I wake up and then I realize, wow, am I speaking to God? And remember those signs that I asked for? I'm driving in the morning to my first DoorDash zone and I start asking out loud, if I'm talking to Michael, this means I'm talking to God. Is that true? Am I literally talking? Does God want Michael to assist me in something or help me in something? Is that what this is? And because the lady also told me that I'm going to have a purpose. And the next day after I asked out loud that night, this was, you know, weeks prior, what is my, or the week prior, what is my purpose? The next day I was, it, my purpose was shown. And uh, it was to, to deliver messages, to wake people up, to deliver messages and, and things like that. And that's, you know, I wouldn't go there. There's too much involved in that. Um, so um, I am now driving down the road saying, oh my God, I think I am, oh my God, I'm talking to God. And then I said, I'm so sorry. I have said some very bad things about you my whole life. And I kind of get really emotional and I cry. I start crying because to be awake from, to be awake and not be in the matrix anymore and not have anybody around me experiencing what I'm going through. Um, I know there's so many others out there, but on an everyday given basis, like I don't have anybody to talk to about the stuff that I'm experiencing all day long. It's very lonely. It's very lonely. And it, it is very, um, very sad sometimes. Like I said, it's not easy being awake and it's actually, it's really hard. But so I was actually getting emotional because I was just like, I felt like by talking to Michael, I finally did have somebody kind of to talk to on a daily basis now because he's been responding back. I get signs back. So I said, am I really talking to God? I want to see a mini Cooper. Like show me a mini Cooper within, you know, five minutes. And I went down the road and there are no cars really on this highway right now at this point in time. And that's why I said, get five minutes. And it was a minute and a half later and I was pulling off the exit and there was a mini Cooper pulling on the exit. And then I looked back and there was another mini Cooper and I started crying. I lost it. I was like, oh my gosh, like I am talking to God. And then I started freaking out that I was like, oh my God, I'm speaking with God and Michael and nobody's going to believe me. And they're communicating back with me. I was like, oh my God, nobody's going to believe this. And I was listening to classical music on autoplay on Pandora. Okay. So I, I, for 20 something minutes, it was classical music. I was a, um, a composition after composition, song after song, classical music. All of a sudden I'm crying now because I realized like, wow, this is really happening. And yes, I'm speaking to God. Nobody's going to believe me. This is, this is wild. And the next song comes on was Bob Marley. Don't worry, be happy. I bust out laughing and I was like, did you just send me, did you just hijack my Pandora and send me a song? And it, it was, don't worry, be happy. Then, the, then um, the next one was my favorite, one of my favorite songs that played my second. Once again, I am on classical radio 
And now I'm listening to Bob Marley, a reggae song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And that, that one part of the song says, this message is for you. Now I'm laughing, crying, like this can't be happening. And then they play my second favorite song. And I, I don't want to talk about that song, but they play my favorite song. One of my, sorry, top favorite songs. Then the third song that played was, um, oh my God, I apologize now for my voice. I have, I don't have a singing voice, but it's that song that says, everything's going to be all right now, baby. It's going to be all right now. And I, it was like, it was comforting me. And I was just like, holy shit. Now, mind you, why this is happening, I've got my first DoorDash order and I'm driving to the, the restaurant and I'm speeding because all this is happening. I'm not paying attention and I'm just kind of going fast. And the next, the fourth song was um, Life in the Fast Lane, literally played Life in the Flat Fast Lane. I was like, oh my God, I know I'm speeding. I need to pay attention. You're, you're right. Like it was literally communicating what was happening right there in my life. And then the next song after that was Slow Rider, Take It Easy. And I was like, all right, I am. I'm taking it easy. Um, but I was like, I can't believe this, this is happening. Um, and I later on, I, I looked up, you know, if people are trying to communicate with you as in angels or God or whoever it is, people have said they can communicate with you through the radio by song choice. So, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, like, holy shit, you know, with license plates, communication, that's how we do. I actually get messages that will say just for you and things like this. I will be asking a question and I'll say something, something, something. Is this what's going on? And then it will, and I will pull into a parking lot and the license plate that I park next to and look at, it'll say just for you. And I'm thinking, shit, this is even wilder. So mind you, the night prior, we'll go back to the driving story. I realize I'm talking to God. They're playing music for me, telling me to slow down and that everything's going to be all right. I go to pick up this order and something that has happened, that has never happened in all 4,000 something dashes. They have none of the food to make the order. So I have to cancel it. And I was like, that has never happened in all 4,000 dashes, but okay. The next order comes through. I take it. I don't even look at it. I just take it because I saw the money and mileage. I was like, it works. It put me right next to that church, Jerry, the church that I had no idea where it was. And I've never seen a day in my life before this. And I've door dashed this area for a year. And somehow now in less than a span of from 11 o'clock at night, the previous night, or whatever, however late it was, to eight o'clock in the next morning. So nine hours, I'm in front of this church again. And I said, well, shit, if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. So I, I delivered this person's food and I said, all right, I'm gonna go to this church. Something's telling me to go to this church. So I paused my DoorDash, which is great. You can pause your DoorDashes. And um, uh, I pause it. And I go and I'm like, there's cars there. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk in this church. There has to be a purpose to this. The doors are locked. I can't get in. I don't see anybody. And I thought, well, um, I'm obviously not going to break into a church, you know? Uh, so I saw a little area where there was an outdoor like altar type thing off to the side. I was like, well, you know, I haven't meditated today. I'm going to go meditate and listen to frequencies. I go sit down and I'm meditating. The beautiful day out, the sun is shining. It's a little cold, but the wind is so strong. And I think in my brain, because also, I don't even have to say things out loud. I think that, and they know what I'm thinking, but it was like, okay, you want me to come to this church for a purpose, but I can't stay here much longer because the wind is making me so cold. And as soon as I said that, the wind that I've been experiencing since I left my house, because the wind was strong that day, I said, I can't stay out here much longer. You want me to come here? The wind is too much right now. I'm freezing. The wind shut off and stopped instantly. 
can't make this shit up. The wind stopped and I start cracking up and I was like, um, thank you. And it wasn't like the wind just stopped. The wind stopped for another 20 something minutes, not a single fucking breeze. Pardon my French, pardon all of my French that I've cussed this entire, all these interviews, not a single fucking breeze. And I thought, wow. And I was like, thank you. So I stayed out there for a little bit longer and then it dawns on me. Oh my God, you want me to, I'm supposed to meet somebody, aren't I? Like, and then I realized and I just got that feeling and it, something was in my head. I was like, yes, you need to meet there. You have to, somebody you have to meet. And I thought, wow. Okay. So you brought me here because I have to meet somebody. Well, I said, I have to get back to work. And I've been here for now, thir- like almost 30 minutes. And I said, thank you, by the way, for the wind. And I'm going to just go ahead and um, leave, but I will come back here. I promise. So days after that, I am talking every delivery I get multiple times, not every delivery, multiple deliveries during the day will put me out by that church multiple times. And I'm like, okay, I get it. You want me to go back to this church? So finally, a few days after me meditating outside of there, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to this church because once again, my DoorDash dropped me off right in front of the church again. And I'm thinking, I've been here for over a year and I've never once driven by this church. Now I can't get away from it. So I go into this church and now the front door is unlocked. And I said, all right, cool. The door's unlocked. I go in and there's a woman there. At the time, I didn't know this. This woman was under, I don't even know if they have pastors or what, but whatever they were, I don't know who they had leading the congregation, but she was one step under him. She was some kind of director. And I didn't know this at the time. And I walked in, I kind of just said, you know, she's like, can I help you? And I was like, Hey, I, um, do you mind if I come in and I sit down? She goes, yes, you, you want to sit down? I go, yeah, I just would like to sit for a while. And she was kind of not, didn't want me to. And finally I was like, all right. I said, I'm, I think I'm supposed to meet somebody here and I don't know who it is. And I feel like if I just sit, I, the person's going to come to me. And she goes, well, who are you supposed to meet? And we go through this thing of, well, look, I know this is going to sound crazy, but if anybody's going to believe me, it's somebody in the house of, of God. I said, I've been getting messages and visions and uh, of things that have come to pass. I have healing energy that comes from my hands. Things are happening around me that I just can't even explain. And I said, and I basically can pinpoint that I'm talking to Michael and, and all the time I'm telling her this, she's like, okay. And I can tell she doesn't really believe me. And I'm like, all right, this woman isn't really kind of believing me, but she's being very nice about it. I don't blame her either, but I mean, churches preach miracles and things like that. I mean, how many people in the Bible had healing gifts or had messages and saw visions of the future? It's right there in the Bible. Right. And yet I'm coming to her telling her this and she's kind of like, okay, all right. Interesting. So she's playing nice, but I can tell she kind of doesn't believe. And I was like, all right. Um, I said, but I know that I'm supposed to meet somebody here. And she goes, well, we're having a big event this weekend. Maybe you should come back. And all of the people will basically be in and out for this event. I said, you know what? Um, yeah, I'll come back when more people are here. I go, I feel like I'm supposed to meet a woman. I said, yeah. I said, I think it's a girl. It might be a young girl. I kept saying that to her. I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to meet a girl. She goes, okay, that's great. So she goes, by the way, do you have a Bible? And I said, no, I don't have a Bible. And I said, trust me, this is all very new to me. And I said, if you think this is weird, you have no idea how weird I think it is being a non-believer my entire life and having the craziest shit 
happening to me. I didn't say shit to her, but you know, the craziest stuff happening all around me. So she was like, okay. She goes, come downstairs with me. So we walked down the, the steps to the offices and, you know, playrooms for kids and stuff like that. And all the walls are cream colored and tan and this. She goes here and we go into a room full of books and the walls are neon orange. Everything is beige and the walls in this room are neon orange. And I kind of laughed and I was like, oh, nice neon orange. She gives me a Bible and I, and I was like, okay, thank you. She explained some things to it. And then we're, we're walking out and this woman is pushing a cart. This older woman is pushing a cart in front of me and she, her purse basically falls right over in front of me onto my, like right in front of my feet. I pick it up and I go, oh, here's your purse. The lady was like, oh, thank you. And the woman that gave me the Bible looks to this woman. And I'm not going to reveal her name, but let's just say it's on the whole godly thing of saying grace, but that wasn't her name. She was like, oh, grace. Um, when I walk this young lady out, I'm going to come back down and we're going to go through the things that we need to talk about for the event this weekend. And Grace said, okay. So we're walking out. I go out to my car. I said, I'll come back this weekend. I'll probably meet the person there. I'm driving down the street. I'm not like five minutes down the road. And I get, I, I don't know how I'll say it, but it's almost like I get smacked inside my brain. It said, you were supposed to help Grace. And I was like, oh my God, that's who I'm supposed to meet. And I said, well, if I turn around back now and go back and talk to her, I said, I need a sign that I'm doing the right thing because they're already, that woman thinks that I'm probably crazy. And I said, you have to make, let me know that I'm doing the right thing by going back because who knows, they might try to commit me or something. I don't even know what's going to happen. So as I'm turning around in this parking lot, I said, please just show me one of my signs because I'm going to walk in and I'm going to approach Grace and tell I must, I must have have to like give her something or do something for her. And as I said that an orange motorcycle, neon orange, all orange motorcycle drives right in front of my car. And I said, okay, I always said neon orange cars, but I'll take a motorcycle. It's a vehicle. And then not probably 15 cars after that was a neon orange truck. And I said, all right, I'm driving back. I got it. So I pull up and I just, this time I just bypass everyone. I go straight down into their private um, office area and um, Grace was in there talking to the woman that handed me the Bible. And I know that they were talking about me. I could hear it. And I just said, screw it. I got to get, I got to, um, get some grab. I don't want to say balls, grow some balls, but I just need to get the courage to do this. And I said, all right, I'm just going to walk in. I walked in. I said, Hey, Grace, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. I said, Grace, I told this woman right here that I was supposed to meet somebody and deliver and do something for them and help them somehow. And I said, and when I left, it hit me. It's you. And I said, and I asked for my signs to prove that it's supposed to be you. And I got two of my signs instantly, like back to back. I said, I'm, I'm supposed to meet you, Grace. And she goes, really? And I said, Grace, do you have two bad knees? And she looked at me with a stunned face. She goes, yeah, I have two bad knees. How do you know that? And I said, um, I don't know how I know this, but I think, I, I think it's intuition or Michael told me, somebody told me that you have two bad knees. She goes, I do have really bad knees, but I want to know. She got defensive. I want to know who told you that. And I was like, oh shit, she's a little like um, not receptive. And I was like, um, I believe Michael. She goes, well, Michael who? And I said, I know this sounds crazy. I know that this woman's been telling you probably about me, but I was like, I literally get messages and I've been communicating with a higher power with Michael, the archangel. And I said, I am supposed to help you. You're the person I'm supposed to meet. She goes, well, how are you going to help me? And I said, the only way I think is that I have 
energy that comes from my hands that is healing. And I said, and I think that I'm supposed to help you with your knees. I said, you're working this big event this weekend, aren't you? She goes, yeah. And I said, well, your knees probably are going to kill you this weekend or by the end of it. I said, so I'm supposed to help you with your knees. And she said, okay. And I said, you know, is this something like, are you okay with this? She goes, well, I have to leave to go do some things. And I'm thinking like, holy shit, I am in a church telling them that I'm getting a message. I'm sent here specifically. Michael's telling me to do something and help this particular person. And they're like, I got to go run errands. And well, I mean, I guess. So I'm like, oh my God, this is really hard. So I said, well, if you'll allow me, give me like 15 minutes, I will try to work my mojo. And I said, I think that this is really going to help you. It makes a difference on every person that I touch and help. And so she's like, well, I mean, I guess you can. So I'm like, great. Nobody seems like this is a miracle or seems excited about this. I was like, this just, how is this going so wrong so quick? So we walk up the steps. We actually had to take, take the elevator because Hope couldn't get up the steps because of her knees. So we're in the elevator and we're going up. And normally I like to do this one-on-one -on -one because I, I don't need distractions. I get distracted too easily. And um, the woman that gave me the Bible, who's like the second in charge there, she wouldn't let, leave me alone with Hope. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I put my earphones in and I start listening to my frequency so I can tune out other things and I tap on an energy thing. So hope is sitting. Oh shit. I said her name. Sorry. Her name's hope, not grace cats out of the bag. Who gives a shit? You can't pinpoint it anyway. Um, so hope is sitting there. Oh my God. I knew I was going to mess that up, but that's okay. So hope is sitting there crossing her arms and I can just tell by her body language that she is not receptive to this. So I go and I do my little energy thing on her knees and my hands are pulsating and throbbing. I can feel the energy coming from my things. And so I stop and I said, you know, do you feel that? She goes, no, I don't feel anything. And I thought, oh my God. Oh, I'm like, okay. And I will say this, I, to do the energy thing, a person has to consent. They have to want me to do it for them to feel it. If I'm forcing it upon you, you're not going to feel it. And hope wasn't the only person that I basically was like, please, please let me do it. Let me do it. And then they're like, I don't feel anything. And then I go to the person next to them. I touch them I'm like, holy shit, I can feel it. It's because they don't want it. They don't want to receive it. They don't want it. And Hope didn't want to have anything to do with the energy that came from my hands. So I'm going back over her knees. And I'm like, again, do you feel it? No. I go, give me your hand, Hope. And I said, do you feel this? And she goes, I, oh, yeah. I feel the tingling because I put my hands over her hand. I said, so you can feel that tingling? She goes, yeah, a little bit. And I said, well, my hands are throbbing and pulsating. And I said, I'm starting to sweat. I know it's working. And I said. So I, I, I go, it's crazy that you can't feel it. So I'm now sitting in front of hope. And this woman watched me telling them I was sent here by Michael saying that I have healing hands and I can help her. And I literally say to Michael, dude, you sent me here and you're making me look like an ass. I literally say that in my head to him, help a sister out. I'm looking like an ass to these people. What are you trying to do to me? And then it hit me oh my God, I'm not supposed to be doing the healing thing. I have a message for hope. And when I realized I have a message for hope, I still have my earphones on and my, my music is still playing very loud because I'm trying to tune out what's going around me to focus because I have a hard time focusing. I could probably tell um, by my storytelling. And so I instantly get the message. I get up and I whisper into hope's ear. I said, you no longer believe in God. 
you don't believe God exists anymore. And I say something like, you think he's abandoned you. You feel all alone. You feel like you've devoted your life to God and it's all been a lie that he's not real. Like I just kind of went on with it. Like he's not real and that you're in this church doing this, but you, you don't feel God is real. And it like came out of me before I could even realize what I was saying. And then I sat back down and I, and I opened my eyes and I looked at hope and I took my earphones out and I said, oh my God, that's what I'm supposed to do. Hope I'm supposed to tell you that. And I said, does that make sense? And she looked at me and she goes, yes, you're right. And I was just like, oh my, oh, I, I was like, okay, this is happening. And then now I realize that the woman standing over me or standing watching, I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Could you, could you hear that? She goes, you, I heard your music. I was like, no, did you hear what I said to Hope? She goes, yeah. And I said, I was whispering. I thought I was whispering. She goes, no, you weren't whispering that quietly. And I was like, oh my God, of course. So now I'm kind of panicking, thinking, oh my God, I don't want anybody in church to judge Hope because she works in the church. She is like a person that is deeply connected to the ongoings of this church. And she no longer believes in God. And I thought, oh my God, oh my God, did I just, I almost felt like I got hope and trouble in a bit because this is something that was between hope, God, and then me and my mouth let somebody else in on, on the secret. And I kept apologizing. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Hope, I'm so sorry. I was like, that she wasn't supposed to hear that. That was just between you and I. And Hope now I can tell is just like, she's in a state of shock. And then the other lady was like, now starting to cry kind of. And she goes, no, 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 it, it, it's fine. It, it's fine. Whatever Hope is feeling, that is fine. Because I'm like, I just don't want people to judge, judge Hope for anything. I go, this is my fault. This is something that nobody else was supposed to hear. And I messed it up. And so now I'm kind of panicking. And I said, I'm so sorry, Hope. And I said, but I'm just supposed to tell you that you're not alone, that God literally has not abandoned you and that I'm sent here to tell you that he exists and don't lose faith. And so now hope is still in shock. She can't even say anything. The woman that's standing over me starts questioning my intentions or said something. And I was like, I don't know, this is really going not the way I thought it would, it was supposed to go. And I said, but I know what my mission, like now I realized I was not supposed to do the energy thing on you, Hope. That's one of the reasons why you didn't feel it. Also because you don't want it. And I said, I can even tell right now by your guys' body language that like what is happening right now, you're very uncomfortable. And I said, I'm not gonna lie. I'm very uncomfortable with this as well. And the, the lady that, you know, is watching over Hope and I, she's now got like full on tears in her eyes. And she was like, well, and I noticed that as I was doing my mojo during the thing, she was getting closer and closer, like hovering over me. And she was like, well, I just want to know, like, what could be somebody's intentions for coming here and doing this? And I was like, I have no intentions. I'm just here delivering a message. And I said, I literally, things that have been happening, I can't almost like move on until I do what I'm supposed to do. I said, I was put in front of this church the past couple of days, nonstop. It was not going to let me move on with my life until I did what I was supposed to do. And what I was supposed to do is come and tell hope that not to lose faith in God. He does exist, but he's got a lot on his plate and a lot's going on. And yeah, so then that happened. And as I was leaving, I was thinking like, this is so weird. 
the woman is taking hope away. Well, come on, hope, let's go. Now the woman's crying and I'm thinking, holy shit, how bad did this just go? And then the woman looks back at me and she's now tearing up even more saying, I really hope we see you this weekend, Stephanie. And I said, I'm sure your event is amazing, but I think what I was supposed to come and do, I just did. And I think my little mission for today is at, for this church has been complete. And um, then afterwards, I, I got a, the message uh, later on that God and Michael and all them were pretty upset and perturbed. They wanted me to go back to the church to let them know that they preach miracles and this and that. And somebody came to them with a message of, a, and it was literally a message from God, a miracle. And they didn't maybe receive it like they were supposed to. But I do know for a fact that I think hope pretty much had a meltdown after I left. And I think when they stopped and thought about things, I think afterwards they saw that I didn't have ill intention, you know, because it just, you know, once again, these are people that are in a church that, that preach miracles and the word of God and this and that. And literally somebody came to them with the word of God. And I was met with like, um, not the welcome that I thought I was going to get, but they were still at the, I, I could tell they were accepting of it, but they were just really thrown off. I think what it is, is everybody likes to say these people in the Bible had miracles, did miracles, performed miracles, prophets, this and that. But then in modern day times, this shit doesn't exist or people think this doesn't exist. And it really does. It's my living life right now. It does. And, um, and yeah. And so, you know, they wanted me to go back and I said, I'm not going to go back. I've said, please don't make me go back to that place. And so then I just called and left a message and they wanted me to leave a stronger message, but I just kind of basically said in a roundabout and that girl's voicemail that I got her number through, um, the church website. It's her work man. Um, voicemail. Hey, I just want to let you, you know, it was, I let you know, I hope hope is okay. And that, you know, this was a, a, a message directly from someone, you know, you, you worship and, you know, there was no ill intention. And the next time, if something amazing happens, you should probably receive it a little bit um, uh, with more with open arms and not um, question the motives some or question it too much. And yeah, and then, then later on, I know we don't have time for this because I've gone way over. Um, there's still so much more, but basically I found out um, later on, I found out, um, remember how I said, I don't feel human. I've never felt human. I always felt like I, did, I don't belong here and all this other stuff. Well, later on one day I was um, asking questions and kind of going through something. And then I read something through somebody's comment about, the things that happen around us and the, the miracles or something. And they said, we're aliens from a different planet. I'm like, no, 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 that doesn't feel right. Even though I felt like an alien my whole life, I thought it was because of my blood. It's called the alien blood type. The RH negative. I thought that I, I really truly felt that I don't feel hundred percent all human. And I don't think actually all of us are exactly all pure humans, but I saw something that said fallen angel. And when I read that, um, when I read that, my body reacted to it. I, like I said, I told you once before, it lit up like the 4th of July. I had waves of euphoria. I started crying. I'm like, no, 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 I want to be an alien. I don't want to be a fallen angel. Basically, 
I, I um, had an even more of an awakening and then it confirmed and I asked for a million signs and I got them all um, times 20 that I am a fallen angel. That is why I had an aversion to God my entire life. Um, I was pissed that I'm here. It also makes me a little sad. What did I do to, to be down here? But there are things that, that sometimes state that fallen angels aren't quite what we think they are. But, you know, um, my body responded in the way that nobody would under completely understand unless you have had literally been touched by, I don't even know, like the Holy Spirit yourself. And I couldn't deny it. And as it was coming forward, the emotions like, oh, my God, I'm a fallen angel. And I remembered it. I was like, no, 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 I want to be part alien. I want to be part alien. No, no, no. Like I could control it. And then it hit. And then I, the flashes of lights that are coming from my hands that I told you about later, I realized that those are the glimpses of my um, true life and who I am. And then it made me really sad because it's different here on earth and what I experienced in the other, um, my other form or whatever I, I am. I know I'm a fallen angel, but whatever other form it is, it was so much more magical and peaceful. And that's why I feel like I don't belong here because I am, and I, and I'll, to be honest, I feel like I know what my mission is. I'm supposed to raise the frequency of the earth and people around me. And then I also know that I'm supposed to wake up as many people as I can. And I think that now I won't be reincarnating back into um, earth again um, because the whole purpose, and this is off of Dolores Cannon and everything, the whole purpose of keep coming back and reincarnating is that I'm supposed to, we're supposed to remember who we are and where we come from. And every lifetime, you're supposed, you're given another chance, another chance. And until you remember the things that you're, you were born to forget, it's all, it's your own spiritual waking and your own enlightenment. Then from there, you can ascend or you don't have to reincarnate back to this hellish earth you know um because we have gone so far from what we were supposed to be um but and, and i'm paraphrasing pages more that i have written down by this um but like i said memories came flooded back and i will tell you this um the day that i realized that i was a fallen angel i was in the middle of doordash and it, it hit me and i had you know my whole body lit up my brain had waves of euphoria it was i would imagine people that do drugs it was the highest of high you could possibly imagine and shortly after that, there was a man stranded on the road and I stopped to help him on a busy street. And the man seemed drunk or off his rocker. He looked at me and he looked at me and he goes, 181 cars have stopped by. You're the first one or have driven by and you're the first one to stop. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry, people are assholes. And I was like, well, let me help you, sir. And it's this big long story about what was happening. And this woman that pulled in in a car up ahead that was unknown. And you know what her license plate read? Enoch. Um, with one letter added to it. An, uh, um, it said Enoch, but a, a letter added to it. I can't say any more than that because I don't want this woman's license plate thing. And this man gets in this car with this woman and leaves his car behind. And the cops are like, did this guy just, said, the cops pull on scene like, did this guy just leave his car? And I was like, yep. He goes, with who? And I said, this woman just pulled over and said, this, somebody must be stranded. This woman seemed drunk off her rocker too. And I'm like, all within a matter of 45 minutes to an hour or less, I realize that I'm a fallen angel. It hits me. I ask for signs and I get like 20 signs in a row. And then I see a man stranded on the side of the road who acts like he's belligerent drunk. 
He's on a major road, major. And it was so unsafe. I pull over. I don't even know where I am because I just dropped off an order. I pull over to help him and he's talking and acting erratic. And then he stops, looks me, gets out on my level because he's taller and looks at me and says this to me. And it really creeps me out, but it also is amazing at the time. 181 cars have driven by. You're the only one to stop like that. And then he snaps out of it and goes back to a crazy asshole and or a crazy like lunatic. And I'm just thinking like, whoa, okay. Very strange for a person to say 181 cars have driven by. You're the only one to stop. And then he goes back into his, his drunk stupor. And then a woman who also seems like she's off a rocker pulls up with the license plate Enoch. And at the time I didn't really know what Enoch is. And then I Googled it and it's a book in the Bible, Jerry. So if anyone can doubt whatever this story is, and there's more because there's pages more that we haven't even got to, that's fine. You don't have to believe what I'm saying. And then the messages that I've been told about earth and how far we've gone, and this is not what it is. And basically how God every day is trying to get us back onto a right path with the evil that is controlling the matrix and us Satanists and all this other stuff, you know, the, uh, you know, the devil people, demonic things, um, all of it. Like it all puts everything in perspective and there's more, so much more to it. But I mean, Jesus, I mean, Jerry, once again, I realized I was a fallen angel. I get 20 angel numbers back to back on billboards, 555-444-222-999 license plate. I see lines of Mini Coopers and orange trucks. And 45 minutes later, I'm stopping some man on the side of the road and helping him and everybody's driving by him. This is two days before Christmas. Every person is driving by him. And I stopped to help push an SUV by myself with a freaking drunk guy. And then he tells me like that. He, it's like he, he become like he was somebody else when he looked at me and said, like I said, it was like a test to see if I was going to do the right thing and stop. Stop my DoorDash from making money and go help him. And then some crazy bitch pulls up with an Enoch thing. And then the guy gets in the car and abandons his car. And the cop's like, he left his keys, his wallet, his phone. He just took off with a random stranger and left. And I was like, it's a typical two days before Christmas for me. Like, these are the things that happen in my life. And it's, it's just wild. Sorry, All right, Stephanie, we got to. Yeah, we got we to gotta cut it off there. And then, like I said, we'll pick up on some of the other stuff when we do our uh, fourth episode. Okay, thanks again. And I hope you feel I better. Thank you.